Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Welcome back to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. Today's episode is all about wedding planning mantras. So I'm not a big mantra person. Um, sorry, first I'll just apologize. They're doing construction in my building. I, <laughs> I have the door closed, but I apologize if you can still hear that. Um, but back to wedding planning mantras. So I'm not a huge mantra person. I'm not, um, you know, I don't write messages on the mirror or meditate or look at horoscopes or enneagrams or tarot cards or anything like that. Nothing against anyone who does. I'm just not that um, spiritual, I guess. But I thought mantras was a good title for this. Um, To me, a mantra is just something, it's like a phrase or a line or a question that you just sort of keep top of mind to sort of help you focus. And it's like your intention that you really want to manifest. I don't know if that sounds too woo-woo, but just something that you want to keep in mind. And it's really important. And it's something that you can come back to over and over again to sort of realign uh, your process. So I've come up with six wedding planning mantras that I think are super important to remember during the wedding planning process and to come back to, to sort of keep you on track, to keep you focused. Um, Of course, you know, as with everything in wedding planning, everyone's going to have their own cup of tea. So some of these mantras might really resonate with you. You might love all six of them. You're taking notes. Maybe you just love one or two. Maybe you hate them all and you are hate listening to this, shaking your head. Uh, that's totally fine. Take take what you need, leave the rest. But I thought I would uh, share them with you and hopefully you'll find a little something in here that you can use. So let's dive in. The very first one is planning a wedding is not building a marriage. So basically this one, oh, it's so powerful. I'm just going to say it again because I think this is such a huge one. Planning a wedding is not building a marriage. I think so many people get lost in wedding planning. That's why there is this uh, billion dollar industry all about planning a wedding. There are countless, you know, Facebook groups and Instagram channels and TikTok accounts and YouTube channels and just all of this Um, media and people and money and time spent on planning a wedding. And there's really not that much that goes into planning a marriage, which is kind of wild because the whole, you know, the whole point of the wedding is the marriage. And really, shouldn't we be prioritizing this lifetime marriage over this one day wedding? Um, So I think this is so key to remember that, um, you know, you want to prioritize that marriage over the wedding and that the marriage is the most important part. And it doesn't matter, you know, how long you spend tasting cakes or choosing flowers or designing invitations that none of that is the work of, you know, building your marriage and that there's so much you could be doing for your relationship, for your spouse, for yourself that is outside of wedding planning. So, you know, the more money and time you spend on your wedding does not mean the better marriage you're going to have. That being said, of course, there are aspects of wedding planning that I think are super beneficial for a marriage, Um, you know, dealing with each other's family, dealing with money, making hard decisions together, supporting one another. I think all of those are really important skills that you'll be able to take into your marriage. But, you know, having the exact right number of dahlias on each table is not going to ensure you make it to your 10th wedding anniversary. So don't be afraid to take a break. If you need to take a break from wedding planning, take a break from the wedding entirely to refocus on your relationship. I think that is totally, totally a good call. (laughs) Don't be afraid to ask for help, whether that is getting 
you know, loved ones or professionals to help you with the wedding, just to sort of take that off your plate or to help with your marriage. I think that's totally cool um, to, you know, invest in a relationship coach or a therapist or a counselor, something like that, to take some courses, to read through books, to lean on, uh, you know, friends and family. If you have other marriages in your life, you can look up to, or, you know, people you can ask for support and make sure that you're working through what is coming up. So if things are coming up in the wedding planning process that are causing some division, some strife in your relationship, make sure you're really working through those and not just sort of sweeping it under the rug because those things really can build, uh, lead to a lot of resentment and a lot of heartache. And it might be something, you know, uh, you think your partner's being really cheap and you sort of just say like, oh, I don't understand why she won't just let us you know, buy this cake, it's only a couple hundred dollars more. And, you know, if, if that is, maybe that's, you know, maybe it's just, it's just the cake, your partner just doesn't understand why you want to spend so much money on cake. It's that's the only time they've ever been cheap. They're just not a big fan of cake, which I mean, grounds for divorce right there. <laughs> but maybe it's something bigger, right? Maybe this is an issue with uh, financial security and the way you manage money together. And this is going to be a huge problem as you go into your marriage and try to um, save for a house or for starting a family or for a trip or something like that. And one of you has a very different uh, definition of money than the other. That's something you really want to work on and work through. So finding out if this is just, you know, a wedding problem? Are we just having this issue because of a very specific one-time wedding thing we're never going to have to deal with again? Or is there something bigger here? And I want to say probably nine times out of 10, there's something bigger here. Even if it is just, hey, my partner just really doesn't like cake and doesn't want to spend on it. Okay, but what's the lesson we can learn here? Because there's going to be other times in your marriage where you want something and your partner doesn't. And does that mean they're going to close the purse strings and the discussion is over? How do you talk about things that you know one of you wants and the other one doesn't? How do you compromise? How do you decide? what you spend money on. There's so many great lessons that come out of wedding planning. And I don't know if I've done an episode, I'm starting to lose track now, 73 episodes in. I don't know if I've done an episode on like life lessons or marriage lessons that you can get out of wedding planning. Um, but I think there are so many. So that's a really, really key one. And again, that mantra is planning a wedding is not building a marriage. Okay, mantra number two. So this one's more, I phrased it as a question, but I still think it works as a mantra. And it is, do you actually want it or are you just supposed to want it? <laughs> so this is really just checking in with yourself. When things come up, as so many things do in wedding planning, if you are brand new to wedding planning, um, you'll you'll find along your journey that things that you have never thought of before will pop up and you'll find yourself uh, scouring, you know, local plant shops and craft stores and dollar stores looking for six inch terracotta pots to hold orchids to line your aisle, <laughs> even though you had decided that you didn't want any flowers or any decor, which is, you know, obviously speaking from experience, but it's just wild, the sort of things that you end up falling into and spending time on and doing research on and spending money on and, you know, messaging with your bridal or sorry, your wedding party or your mom or your dad or your fiance back and forth about just the smallest little things. And I think it's so important to remember this mantra, take a step back and say, do I actually want this thing? Or am I just supposed to want it? So a good way to do that, obviously, check in with yourself. Have you cared about this before? Is this something, you know, your whole life where you just like, oh my God, I love centerpieces. I always take notes every time we go to a wedding. Every time I host Thanksgiving or Christmas, I have to create a beautiful centerpiece. I love flowers. I have 85 vases at home. I'm so creative. Or have you never cared about centerpieces before? Never noticed them, never thought about them. If you did notice them, it's just they sort of got in the way on the table. And all of a sudden you found yourself, you know, 
18 pages deep on Pinterest looking at centerpieces. <laughs> you want to ask yourself, where did this idea come from? Is this something that you thought of? And, you know, when you first sat down to start planning your wedding, it was super important to you? Or is this something like you just saw on Instagram and decided you needed? Or was it something someone else brought to you? Maybe, um, you know, your fiance, your mom, your maid of honor, your best man came to you and, and brought this idea up. Where did that idea come from? If it didn't come from you, chances are it wasn't something that you really, really care about. I've also talked before about making your priority list right at the beginning of your wedding planning. I think this is so crucial and it's actually something my partner and I didn't, didn't really do. We kind of did like a vague version of this and I wish we had done it um, a bit more seriously. I wish I had taken my own advice, but the idea is both you and your partner separately write down three things that you uh, really, really want for your wedding, your top three priorities. And then you'll come back together and you'll merge those into a list of three to six things. I say three to six because you might have some overlap, you know, photography might be really important important to both of you. And then you'll have your list of your top three to six things that are the main priority for your wedding and everything else is not as important to you. And I think that's so, so key when you are trying to decide if you actually want something or if you're just supposed to want it. If it's not on that list of three to six things, there's a good chance that you don't really want it. You don't care. Um, and obviously I'm, you know, if, if food is not on your list of three to six things, you probably still want to feed your guests. So of course, you know, food is something you're going to have to get, but maybe it's not something you need to invest a ton of time and money on because clearly it's not a priority to you or your partner. Lastly, on this one, I will say, um, use your resources. So use your partner, your friends, your family to sort of pull you back to earth. You could even tell them, you know, right off the top, hey, I, I know myself, I get really involved in, in projects. Sometimes I kind of lose my head and I go all in on the research. And I really just want you to like pull me back to earth and remind me that I don't care what shade the napkins are or what size the wine stems are on the glasses or something like that. Um, especially if you have a friend or family member who's like not involved in weddings at all, who's maybe a little bit um, non-traditional, uh, maybe hasn't even been in a wedding or anything like that. They're a great person to sort of give you that reality check of like, wait, do we care if the napkins are taupe or eggshell? No, nobody cares. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> third wedding planning mantra is people over things. People over things. So emotions run really high with weddings, which makes sense. It's a big day. It's, you know, a lot of family dynamics. You've got divorce, second cousins, weird aunts, things like that, kids. Um, and it's also a ton of money. So, you know, when was the last time you spent $20,000 to take 150 of your relatives out to dinner? Probably never. <laughs> um, so it totally makes sense that emotions run really high. And you will hear so many countless stories in Facebook groups, wedding media, TV shows, movies that show people losing friends over weddings. I've seen so many posts in these wedding Facebook groups starting with, I just had to fire my maid of honor and best friend of 15 years, or, you know, I'm no longer talking to my brother, things like that. Um, and it, oh, it sucks. It just sort of, it breaks my heart a little bit because this day is supposed to be this, you know, big, joyful celebration. And, you know, you shouldn't be losing friendships and relationships over it. And yes, I understand sometimes, you know, weddings do bring out people's true colors. Um, but I want to say nine times out of 10, it's just the stress of the wedding. And, you know, it is, it's the one day event. You'll hopefully never have to plan another wedding after this. So please don't throw away, you know, 10 years of friendship or a lifelong relationship with a family member over something like, 
they don't want to pay for a dress or, you know, they won't answer my two text messages asking them when they can come over for cake tasting or something like that. Just really take a step back, try to ground yourself in the reality of, hey, I have known and loved this person for you know, whatever, five years, 10 years, 25 years, they have watched me grow. We have been through some stuff together. We have gone on countless brunch dates, held each other's hair while we puked, learned how to drive together, whatever it is, right? You have this relationship, especially if it's someone who is, you know, very close to you in your wedding party. There's a reason you asked them to stand up next to you. It's because you have that close relationship. So really try to focus and prioritize that. Um, Yeah, it just, it hurts my heart to see all these people who are ending friendships and relationships over things that come up during a wedding when it's like, hey, that person, you know, sure, maybe they're being a shitty bridesmaid, but maybe that's because they don't know how to be a good bridesmaid. You didn't set expectations you are hoping that they just can read your mind. Maybe they don't have the money. Maybe they just don't care about weddings, which, you know, all is totally fine. Why does that negate the last 10 years of friendship that you've built up together? So really just take a step back and try to, you know, prioritize that relationship and remember people over things. It's way more important that you and your best friend are still on speaking terms, um, you know, rather than him wear the suit in the exact color of navy that you had hoped for. Okay, mantra number four, just because you can doesn't mean you have to. So this one is kind of interesting. And I know this is probably speaking to a very select uh, group of people, because it seems often in the wedding planning world, we hear from people who, you know, don't have the money, don't have the time, don't have the energy. So they're kind of doing the best they can. You know, they're saying, okay, we can only scrape together $10,000. So we're going to spend 10,000 on the wedding, or we already work, you know, two full-time jobs each. So we're only going to work on the wedding from three to 5am when we have time off or some, or, you know, we're busy parents to three. So we're planning the wedding on Sunday afternoons when we have the smallest bit of energy to put into it. But what if that's not your situation? What if you do have the money, you have the time, you have the energy, but you just don't want to spend it on your wedding? I think that is totally okay. And if you haven't heard it yet, this is your permission. You do not have to put all of your money, all of your time, all of your energy, all of your resources into this one day wedding. You don't even have to put that all into your marriage. It is totally fine to say, hey, yeah, we could have a, you know, $50,000 wedding or $10,000 wedding, $5,000 wedding, whatever it is, but we're choosing not to. That's not a a priority for us. Um, Hey, yeah, we could be engaged for the next two years and spend all that time planning the wedding. We could spend every weekend planning the wedding. We could do huge craft parties every month to make all of these centerpieces and favors and arches from scratch, but we don't want to. (laughs) That's not our priority. And that is totally fine. It is fine to choose to put your time and your money and your energy somewhere else. You don't have to put it all into your wedding. So just because you can doesn't mean you have to. And please don't let anyone make you feel bad or feel guilty for not pouring a ton of time and money and energy into your wedding, it is totally fine if that's not your number one priority or if it is your priority, but you still don't want to put everything you have into it. I know for me and my partner, we are choosing to do um, a smaller wedding. We're going to have about 20, 25 guests and we're kind of doing it, you know, a bit on the cheap and we are not uh, flush with with cash people. (laughs) If we were, uh, the editing on this podcast would be a lot better, Um, but, but we're fine and we're not, you know, going into debt have this wedding. We're not spending every last penny. We're not pulling out of our savings. And 
there's this sense in the wedding world that, you know, we should feel guilty that we are not putting all of our money into this, all of our time, that we're not stressed out about it, that we're not inviting absolutely everyone we know and, you know, feeding them dinner because, okay, maybe we could afford it if we really wanted to threw all our money in it and borrowed from our parents and things like that. And like, that's, that's crap. <laughs> I just, I just don't agree with it. If, um, if you don't want to put all of your money and time and energy into your wedding, that is totally fine. Just because you can does not mean you have to. Wedding planning mantra number five. The goal of a wedding day is to get married. So this sounds a little weird. I, I don't often like to say that the goal of anything is to get married. I am totally in support of couples who choose not to get married, of people who choose not to, you know, be a couple or whatever it is you want to do. But if you are, you know, if you are getting married, then I do think the goal of that day is to get married. And I think it's so important to come back to this mantra and remind yourself that, hey, my number one goal today, like the only thing that is going to make this day a success is if I get married. And for most people, you know, on a wedding day, that's a pretty low bar to pass. <laughs> like as long as you say the I do's, sign the paperwork, you know, seal it with a kiss, you're pretty much good to go. So I think this is a super good mantra to come back to when you start to get caught up in the details and you start freaking out about tablecloths and invites and chairs and runners and vases and earrings and things like that. It's so good to come back to this mantra of, hey, my only goal today is to get married. That is the whole point of all of this. And it really helps you to prioritize um, your day and, and your marriage, sort of going back to that first mantra that you should be, you know, spending more time building your marriage than planning your wedding. I think when you remember that the goal of your wedding day is to get married, it helps you to prioritize that because obviously, you know, you want to have a successful wedding day. And if the metric for success is just get married, then maybe you're going to put more time into your ceremony or your vows or whatever parts of the day are most meaningful to you and to your marriage. I think it also helps with perfectionism. I know a lot of people put all of their time and energy into making sure that their wedding day is perfect, you know, all of the checklists and, um, you know, making you draw out your timeline and you make sure everyone has all the information they need and you have your emergency kit and all of these things. And then of course, inevitably something does not go to plan. There's just, there's just no way your day is not going to be perfect. It's impossible. Something is going to happen. Uh, there'll be, you know, someone's going to spill wine on your outfit. Someone's going to be late. Something's not going to show up. Something's going to be forgotten. And I think it helps if you remind yourself that, hey, my only goal today, the only thing I need to do is get married. And as long as you do that, then who cares what else happens? Sort of accepting that, yeah, you know, crap is going to hit the fan <laughs> and I'm going to be okay with it because as long as at the end of the day I got married, I get to call this person my spouse, then, then I'm doing okay. Really helps to accept that, you know, things will go wrong. And as long as this one part, this getting married gets goes right, then everything is fine. My very last mantra for you is actually a little bit opposite to uh, the previous one uh, that the goal of a wedding day is to get married. The last mantra is you can quit a wedding. Yes, I know that's a little bit scary to say out loud, but I think it's really important. And it's another part of the wedding world that um, I don't think they cover this nearly enough. There's so much, obviously, you know, rah, rah, love and happiness, the best day of your life, have your perfect day, bride centric, um, super uh, heterocentric language about, you know, having this big, beautiful, perfect day. You need to put all of your time and money into it. And, you know, it's the most important thing in the world. And we really don't talk about the reality that, you know, you can quit a wedding. It is totally fine 
to abandon a wedding, to postpone it, to cancel it, whether that means, um, you know, ending your relationship or, or maybe not. Maybe it's just ending the wedding planning process and you and your partner are still committed to, to being with each other. Because at the end of the day, obviously your relationship is most important, right? That's sort of what all these mantras come back to that marriage, that relationship between you and your partner, that's the most important part. Um, but there's also the relationship you have with yourself, which I, I would argue is just as, if not more important than the relationship you have with your partner. Those things are super important and they're both way more important than a wedding. So if you need to cancel your wedding or, you know, quit your wedding in order to prioritize your relationship with yourself or with your partner, I think that is the way to go. Because at the end of the day, you know, you should want to go through with it. Your wedding should make you happy. It shouldn't be something that you're just doing for someone else, something you're being dragged into, something you hate. I hear so often people say, oh my God, I can't wait for this wedding to be over. And that sucks. Like that means that, you know, your vision for this wedding, your happiness has been totally derailed and you're just sort of going along with it, you know, going along with the motions. You're unhappy. You're not doing this for you. And that's such a shitty way to enter a marriage and, you know, a shitty way to spend the day, really, this day that's supposed to be in celebration of you and your relationship, that's supposed to be, you know, all the things that you love and, and hold most dear in the world to just want to get it over with um, sucks. And I get that we've made wedding planning such a big thing, such a expense, such a time-consuming, energy-consuming thing. There are, as you can tell, countless podcasts about the subject. Um, I get that feeling of like, oh, I just want it to be over. You know, I'm, I'm not really into parties or whatever. But if it's going a little bit deeper, if it's really a thing of like, I just, you know, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to have this wedding. You really want to check in with yourself and check in with your partner and be like, hey, is this, is this what we want? Is this what I want? Are we doing it our way? Are we getting married for the right reasons? Do we want to have you know, a wedding in this style, where are we at? Um, it really is never too late. Even if, you know, you have to do a, a runaway bride situation, pull a Julia Roberts and just get on out of there, jump on the horse, whatever it is. Um, that is totally fine. Obviously, if you can pull the plug earlier than that, that is probably better for your pocketbook, also for your guests, for, you know, whatever. But um, none of those things, you know, running away at the last minute, whatever you want to call it, none of that is as bad as ending in divorce, ending in debt, ending in really horrible, you know, fights and just toxic relationships that you're stuck in. Um, I, I don't think anyone who has decided to end an engagement or cancel a wedding has said, oh my God, that was awful. I wish I'd gone through with it and just gotten divorced. That would have been so much better. <laughs> like Most people are so glad that they made that choice. And you really do need to focus on what's best for yourself and what's best for your partner. And again, quitting a wedding, canceling a wedding, postponing, whatever it is, does not mean you have to end your relationship. If that's not where you're at, um, of course, that might be where you're at. Maybe this is a bigger uh, thing for you. Maybe this is more about um, getting out of that relationship, which is totally fine too. You just need to focus on what's best for you and what's best for your partner. And that might be what's best for you together or what's best for you separately. <laughs> you also don't owe anyone an explanation. Um, I think a lot of people who do go through with weddings that they say, you know, in hindsight, I shouldn't have done that. I should have called it off. Uh, they do so just to save face. They can't imagine you know, telling everyone in their life that actually, you know, things didn't work out. Actually, uh, the wedding was the wrong choice for us. We weren't ready to get married. We didn't want to get married. 
uh, we didn't want to have this wedding, we didn't want to be together, whatever it is, um, remember that you don't owe any of those people an explanation. Uh, those are the people who love you. Those are your closest friends and family. They're going to be there for you. They're going to support you. And obviously they want you to be happy. That should hopefully be <laughs> the number one thing that they want for you over being in a relationship, over being married, over having a big wedding. They just want you to be happy and they want you to be you know, healthy and safe and okay. And if that means quitting your wedding, then that is totally, totally fine. And, you know, be more focused on you instead of what everyone's going to think about you, which I know is so much easier said than done. But I think when it's something as huge as, you know, getting married and, and agreeing to be in a marriage with someone, I think it's, it's so important that you really do check in with yourself and know what's best for you. Okay, ended it on a bit of a down note, but to recap, the six wedding planning mantras to never forget are planning a wedding is not building a marriage. Do you actually want it or are you just supposed to want it? People over things. Just because you can doesn't mean you have to. The goal of a wedding day is to get married. And finally, you can quit a wedding. So I hope that these mantras, you know, maybe resonated with you. You found one or two that you really love. You love all six. You hate all six, whatever it is. The goal really here is just to sort of find your voice in wedding planning and have something that you can come back to when you do get overwhelmed with flower choices, cake choices, cutlery choices, just to make sure that you're not losing yourself in this whole thing and making sure that the experience of planning, that your actual wedding, and most importantly, your marriage work for you too. Um, doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, doesn't matter what big wedding tells you to do, as long as it's something that works for you and works for your partner, then you're definitely on the right track. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and a review, follow along so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the show. Remember, you shouldn't be spending your wedding day managing other people's feelings. Mm-hmm.